Hello and welcome to Diaries of a Lady Gardener. If you think gardening is cool and would rather take a trip to the garden centre than go out-out, you found the right podcast, but also you're not in the minority. New research from Draper Tools has revealed that over 80% of young people officially think gardening is cool, and that's mainly because of its benefits for mental health and for the environment. Draper Tools is proudly sponsoring this podcast, so why not join me in following them on Instagram, at Draper underscore tools. In this episode, I had so much fun chatting to Amy from Chicks and Veg about what it's like being a luffer queen, dazzling dahlias and growing your own wedding flowers. She really does have the most incredible garden space and greenhouse, which I definitely recommend taking a look at if you've not seen it already. It's definite greenhouse goals. Enjoy! Hi Amy, so lovely to be speaking to you today. Um, How are you? Oh, I'm really well, thank you. Yeah, really good, really good. It's so lovely to be here. This is so exciting, I have to say. I love a podcast. And when you said you were doing one, I was like, oh, so I can't wait to see what you've you've got in store. Oh, thank you. It's been such a pleasure so far to get to chat to everyone. I mean, as if we need more of an excuse to talk about our gardens. But I was saying yesterday, it's so nice to talk to people who are genuinely interested rather than the people at work who I just blabber on to whether they're interested or not <laughs> <laughs> it's really true and so I was thinking the other day that obviously with lockdown lifting and everything I am really looking forward to hopefully meeting some of the lovely people that are behind yes. all of the accounts but this is like a happy medium this is good I can live with this for a while until things really open up and we can meet in gardens and things but it's really nice to get to know people behind the squares I guess isn't it definitely and everyone on Instagram Instagram I feel like that's how everyone meets these days um but everyone's so friendly and so lovely like you don't really ever come across anyone who's a bit grumpy or a bit miserable like they just all seem to be lovely people (laughs) and if you do it's pretty easy to press a few buttons (laughs) not see them again like no don't ruin my vibe no but you're so right I don't think I don't think I've met and like met anyone or spoken to anyone on Instagram that sort of yeah I've not enjoyed or got some value from like all of the questions sometimes a little bit of a sort of please and thank you um, <laughs> would be quite nice but you know you get used to it it's really lovely definitely and um do you find that the, the Instagram community is quite supportive and like kind of keeps you going I'm so supportive I mean I so I haven't actually been like on Instagram forever like a a few years which I guess sounds like a a long time but realistically like I've not it's not been a focus for me for Mm -hmm. for a while um and yeah I don't know it's just built up and built up and you get like a sense of familiarity like there are a few people like yourself and yeah like Lizzie and Nicole and loads of people that just kind of pop up and are just there and they're so supportive and you feel like whether you're having a good day or a bad day or, you know, garden fail or something goes wrong or something goes right, they're there to celebrate your successes as much as you do. And I think that's really lovely because going back to your point, when you're sort of nattering away in the office or speaking to people at work, (laughs) I don't know, I get a little bit embarrassed. I do feel like a couple of people mentioned about like when I was on Gardener's World, Mm -hmm. And I still feel like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that happened. That is incredible. (laughs) Some people sort of mention it to me and I'm like, oh yeah, go bright red and sort of don't really know what to say. Um, (laughs) And I don't, yeah, I don't really know what to say. Like talking about my loofers is, um, yeah, quite hilarious actually. And I don't really know whether people are taking it seriously or not. So 
at least I know on Instagram I've got people that are supportive (laughs) definitely and I feel the exact same but I think I get so excited that I get carried away and then I'll look over to the people that I'm chatting to and I'm like you're probably not that interested in what I'm saying but Mm, I just feel like I need to get it out so you're just gonna have to sit through it a little bit (laughs) you just wonder if they sort of went oh what did you do at the weekend and you're like well let me tell you (laughs) yeah and you sort of yeah you're right and then they'll probably sort of stop listening five minutes ago but that's fine yeah and so you mentioned loofers this is obviously one of the things we are going to have to talk about because you're basically <laughs> queen of the loofers loofer loofer not even sure how to Lufa, pronounce Lufa. it do you know i don't know i i call it a loofer mm-hmm. i call it a loofer I, I think a loofer is allowed as well um yeah <laughs> they've rather got a bit mad this year and i can't decide how much of it is me i don't want that to sound big-headed but i can't decide how much of that is just sort of like doing it and showing it because when I put a video up last year of the sponges and turning them into soaps it went a little bit crazy um I've actually written down here that you must be (laughs) responsible for the majority of people who have greenhouses growing luffers for 2021 (laughs) do you think I don't know because you know there's places like national trust that are doing it which is fantastic like I think they did it after you did I think they saw you doing it and then they did it (laughs) Well, Monty's certainly going to get a loofah out. I'm sure, I'm sure he's going to be growing a loofah. Absolutely. (laughs) Are you growing one? I am, yes. So I've had um, a few garden fails with my loofahs. The first batch, I just couldn't get the seeds to germinate because I didn't put them in a pack, in a like plastic pack and they kept drying out. Then I put some in the airing cupboard and... They germinated the first day, like two of them. And I thought, I'll just leave them one more day. And then oh. I must have forgotten. And they were like... like, I remember this. Yeah, they were like two inches tall, quite grey coloured. But they had lots of roots. They'd they'd grown like 20 centimetres of roots in a few days. Amazing. Um, So I potted them up and then I did another batch and was like, I, I won't forget about them. I did forget about them again. So I potted those up as well. Um, And I think out of the probably 25 seeds I've sown, I've got like four, three, maybe three or four contenders. You need no more than that. Like, trust yeah. me, they will take over. But no, I mean, one is exciting, right? It's the same with anything Definitely. like... Yeah, you sow sort of a tray of seeds and realistically you probably only need a couple, but no. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's so fun. Like, yeah, the kind of loofah seed experiment. I can't remember when I first discovered like the snipping of the seed to help the water go in. Yeah. I feel like someone had told me that about like squash seeds or something, although mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I, I really don't think you have to do it for anything like that. But another seed with like quite a hard casing. And so I thought, oh, I'll just try it. And it and it honestly within a couple of days they germinated and I was like oh I don't know if whether that's a good thing or not because if I've made them sort of germinate too quickly or I've messed with nature or something <laughs> yeah they just worked really really well and yeah I think I've got four now I've given mm-hmm. a few away um, and two sadly died after I like overwatered them so I think people I might- are going to be going to be relieved to hear that you've also killed a couple. <laughs> I've also killed a couple. I might have even killed more than that, you know, between when I first started some seeds off, because I did quite a few to sort of show people mm-hmm. how it works. And then like any gardener, you can't really get rid of them once you've germinated them. So I did have quite yeah. a few a while. So I think I've killed 
I've killed a few mm-hmm. or let a few go. Um, but that's fine. You know, I overwatered them because I thought, right, I'll see if I get them out a little bit early and see how they cope with some of this colder weather. But I mean, it has been miserable this spring. So I yeah. do think they were just a bit like, nah, I think I'm all right. <laughs> um so yeah they they didn't last but I've got four and yeah four is plenty I only had two plants last year and I'm still using the loofahs from those amazing and so am I right in thinking that loofahs are edible can you eat them before you dry them so that you you reminded me actually because that is one thing that I do need to do this year with Mm -hmm. bearing in mind I've got a couple of extra plants (laughs) apparently when they're smaller so when they're sort of raised about a couple of inches as opposed to sort of a huge 30 centimeter thing you can eat them like courgettes apparently oh wow So that'll be quite interesting I've had a few people actually from around the world which again amazing I can't (laughs) believe I'm saying that that have said they eat them and use them quite a lot in their cuisine so yeah I'll definitely ask for maybe some recipes or something at some point yeah that would be really interesting I was going to say I don't I can't even imagine what they might taste like because when they are dried as a sponge like I have um loofah sponges in my kitchen anyway because my kitchen is quite plastic free and it's such a good like scrubby alternative but it's amazing yeah. how they go from being like rock solid to being so soft and malleable just underwater but you can't imagine that having been something edible yeah. in a previous yeah, life they don't really break down do they like they are a good scrubby I really like them for like washing my muddy hands once mm-hmm. I've been in the garden I have one for sort of my hands and one for the dishes um, but yeah, you're right. Like you can't really imagine them being edible. But I guess no. it's like anything. Like if you leave, I don't know. I've got some radishes that are absolutely huge <laughs> out in the garden that are almost the size of turnips, and it's like, mm, yeah, you probably wouldn't eat that at that point. I guess it's yeah. the same thing for a loofah. <laughs> um, and so, talking about loofahs in your greenhouse, your greenhouse. Well. I'm going to say greenhouse, but actually your garden as a whole is just so aesthetically pleasing. It's so colourful, oh. <laughs> so many beautiful things. Like, how do you even keep it looking so beautiful and organised? Your greenhouse is so organised. OK, so it has to be organised because <laughs> if not, like, I think last year there were definitely a couple of instances where I tripped over something or forgot about some plants at the back and they died or never got watered. So it kind of has to be, if not, I wouldn't be able to move in there because it's mm-hmm. tiny. I say it's tiny, like there are smaller ones and I'm obviously really grateful for the space, but it's like eight by six. And I'd love one of those like 10 foot by 12 foot ones. <laughs> the dream. <laughs> the absolute dream. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, do you know, I'm not really like a colourful person. Oh, really? That, that sounds awful, doesn't it? But no, <laughs> I'm not really like, or oh, I never used to be one for bright colours. I was always like jeans and a t-shirt and sort of mm-hmm. a leather jacket. And I never really was a colourful person. And I think somehow the garden has brought that out of me because I don't know about you, but there's something about like bright flowers and amazing colored veg and just sort of makes you smile there's something about it and and I don't know what came over me with the purple shed I've got no (laughs) idea what happened but I'm so pleased I've done it it's my favorite Patty the purple shed she's my she's my favorite part (laughs) I feel like she is iconic (laughs) she's pretty iconic and I think I've inspired a few people to paint their sheds purple as well although I think I've also sparked some debates slash arguments in households (laughs) where people have insisted that they wanted to paint their sheds purple and I have to say it's always the husband that says no always (laughs) 
Do you know what though? I think if you can paint your shed a bright colour, you should absolutely go for it because I, I'm not really a big fan of the brown. No offence to the brown sheds, but the brown <laughs> boring to the sheds. Brown shed club. <laughs> they're just very old fashioned. I feel like modern gardening is about. Mm-hmm. Well, mine isn't actually brightly coloured. Mine's got a bit of a grey gray stain but then the door is quite like a vibrant blue it's blue right I was gonna mm. say I'm sure yours is blue yeah. yeah well it was actually inspired by um an allotment further down the field they painted their shed midnight blue and I used to be allotment neighbors with their son and so oh, okay. I put their shed on Instagram being like I am obsessed with this shed and <laughs> it's to be saying oh by the way if you want the paint, it's from B&Q and it's called, I think it's called like Midnight Blue. And so the next day I went to B&Q, bought it and was like, right, this is the colour my door's going to be. <laughs> Amazing. Are you not going to do the whole shed? You've restrained yourself? I am tempted. Um, I think I'd already started painting it green when I had, I don't know if anyone remembers the horrific yellow, daffodil yellow door that I thought was going to look really good last year. <laughs> But the door was just such a, it was like basically rotting from the inside. So it might have been a nice yellow had it been on a good door, but it was just peeling and it looked horrendous. So I painted the shed grey to go with that. And then I made the new door, which was really exciting. And then I painted it blue. It was like, that looks great. And it does look quite nice with the blue. I'm so jealous of your new door because it's a stable door, isn't it? It is, yeah. I feel like I need to cut my shed door in half just to have a stable door. There is something about a stable door. You just sort of stand there having a cup of tea, looking at your plot. It's so nice. I would so recommend. (laughs) And you know what? When it's raining and I shut the bottom half and then I look out and I think... I'm excelling at life at this moment because it's horrible that's, outside, but I can still admire what's going on, pot around that's inside. That's so true. That's and it would be really good for the chickens as well because yes. they'd they'd stay outside and not be pecking at my feet constantly, looking for all of the things I've dropped. That is a very good idea. Well, watch this space. I, I, I think you need schedule. one. <laughs> Do you know what though? When we first started talking about it. I think everyone who I spoke to being like, I'm going to build this stable door. They're a bit like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Are you going to build a stable door? Like a door is difficult enough. A stable door is another level. And I was like, but all it is, is you're just cutting it in half. And I was like, because I'm building it from scratch anyway, I'll just mm. cut the planks in half before I glue it all together and put an extra support. And it worked and was perfectly. was it that simple? It literally was so simple. Bit oh, of nail, oh. a few nails, bit of wood glue. It took like I mean, your maybe di- an hour. Your DIY skills, like I feel like you're saying this. It was so simple. It was just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. I'm sure mine would go horribly, horribly wrong. Your no. suit swing, for example. Oh. <laughs> like, well, I'm trying to think where I can fit one of those in. I would love that. Love, love, love that. It is amazing. And do you know what? Again, one of those things where I think when we were all thinking about it, everyone was like, it's not really going to work it's probably going to fall down or be like unsafe. (laughs) But I just think with those kind of things, you have to give it a go because you, what you don't see is 90% of the DIY things that I try where it's complete failure. And then you just see like the door and the swing seat where it's like, Oh yeah, I look like an expert DIYer when actually there's been quite a lot of in-betweens to get to that point. And the door actually hangs quite wonky. So the, the bolt that holds it together when the wind blows it open, comes apart and the two halves come apart. So it looks perfect, but it actually doesn't really work very functionally. Character. That's what they say, isn't it? It's all got a little yeah. bit of character. It Absolutely. Would be, 
some of these pristine plots like don't get me wrong jealousy pure jealousy I'm like how (laughs) but I equally love the sort of slightly wonky things falling over broken pots that people have turned into things like I think that is that is what gardening's about like you just have to definitely do with what you've got and stuff will grow kind of anywhere so yeah and on that topic um do you have any sort of epic gardening fails because I think we were saying I've said to quite a few guests I feel like Instagram you definitely see the Instagram versus reality but in the gardening community we do share quite a lot of the reality as well because you just think this whole thing has gone wrong and like you might even be upset about it but you're still laughing about it because you're like I'm crying over the fact that like my liver plants have died or I've killed the best tomato plant that I was so excited for (laughs) you know I'm a nightmare with salad Oh, really? My salad leaves always bolt. And I know I'm like not alone in that. It's kind of like a little bit of a dry spell or anything Mm -hmm. and salads often go. But no, I always forget. So my worst thing is I will sow the whole packet of like salad leaves or fast growing salad leaves and then I'll have to get through them all. And then Mm -hmm. they all kind of they all bolt pretty quickly. So you have to start from scratch. I think that's it for me. That's the one that comes to mind. But Mm -hmm. like not so much a fail, more of like a nemesis yes well another question cauliflower no way I can't believe I've not mentioned this before but the cauliflower is also my nemesis I don't understand how they grow so last year I had the most beautiful big seedlings like the leaves on cauliflower and any kind of brassicas are amazing aren't they because they're big take up loads of room they look like they're really going for it and you get really excited and then I saw a little white thing and I was like yes and I did all of the right things also I thought you know fold over the leaves Mm -hmm. tied little bows around them I looked (laughs) after them lovingly and then they bolted every single one of them and I wasted like half of a bed on quality because I love cauliflower so versatile so versatile like with cheese with mm. spices like is it bang bang cauliflower that's like a bit of a tiktok a trend thing or is it a tiktok trend i can't remember where i've seen it but oh yes delicious i actually um, think someone sent me a recipe for some yesterday or the day before being like look how good these look yeah. <laughs> oh god we shouldn't be doing this at like six o'clock i'm absolutely starving no me too <laughs> But yeah, I love cauliflower and it's one of those things like I would sow a whole bed of it because mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. It's like leeks. We've got two beds this year that are full of leeks because we just use them in everything. Mm-hmm. But no, I haven't I haven't fixed it yet. haven't worked it out. I've not not tried. I'm going for it this year with a couple of other varieties. But um, yeah, maybe I just won't show them any love and see what yeah. happens. It's off to the way, isn't it? <laughs> Treat them mean and they'll just do their own thing Forget about them and they'll just be there (laughs) I think with cauliflowers as well They're not like a plant that slowly degrades It's like you'll see them one day and they're perfect And you're like oh my goodness My cauliflower is growing so well The next day they've bolted and you're like how? How how have you done it that quickly? Like a brown sludgy mess Yeah I'm now thinking of all of my garden fails actually So I posted about one the other day I've got squash aplenty this year because mm-hmm. if I do not get to take a picture with all of my squash in autumn, <laughs> like happy as Larry, like all of these wonderful autumnal like displays people are doing with their squash, obviously they're eating them as well, but they just, squash is so cool, aren't they, as a yeah. veg? 
It's like a proper um, like Insta gardening trend of like, are you even an Instagram (laughs) gardener if you don't have a like colourful harvest of squash? (laughs) It's what it is also one of my favourite things to eat. Like love pumpkin, love butternut squash. Um, But yeah, last year I had a Big Macs plant that again, I lovingly potted on like every two days because I felt like it grew that quickly mm-hmm. um and was dead proud of it like the leaves were bigger than my head and then it just sort of I got about a tennis ball tennis ball tennis ball <laughs> worth of um pumpkin and that was it oh it's really quite sad that is sad <laughs> I was last so year. sad about it yeah <laughs> well, last year and I was so sad about it one of my neighbors brought around a pumpkin they felt oh, really sorry. <laughs> that's so sweet I think, again, last year was a bad year for me all round, but the pumpkins and squash last year, they were all so small. And I think it was because they were just massively underwatered because we had sunshine from like March to August. Yes. And so I asked for a few tips on growing them, actually. And so these tips aren't from me, but I had loads of people say about water for any sort of squash, pumpkin, anything like that. Um, Yeah, loads of water, loads of like manure really really fertile soil so mm-hmm. like almost someone described it to me as like make a molehill and then oh, okay. bury the squash in like the middle of that and that molehill should be sort of like really really rich soil and mm-hmm. um, all kind of manure if you can get hold of it and then just yeah loads of water and something about picking the fruits off as well so I think you have to be quite selective yeah um, and just make sure you only leave a couple on in my first year, I was very selective. I had an Atlantic Giant, a Big Macs, and some butternut squash. On the butternut squash, I let do its own thing, and I had one butternut squash that was maybe like 10 centimetres. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, the Big Macs, I had left like two or three, and one of them was like a fair size, but it wasn't massive. On the Atlantic Giant, I was brutal. I was like picking off every single... And it seemed to produce about 30 little pumpkin fruits, and I took them all off and... The one big one was like 17 and a half kilos, which for my first year of growing, I was dead impressed. I was like, I can't believe that that's that big. And we tried to eat it. And obviously the giant ones aren't particularly tasty. And so I was baking all these brownies being like, (laughs) oh, pumpkin brownies. And they were disgusting. Oh no! (laughs) And then I was eating this like really bland pumpkin and feta for lunch every day at work. Being like, oh yeah, but I've grown this pumpkin. So it's really good. (laughs) I love that you do sort of feel like I'm doing that with my radishes as well like they're they're too big really to be mm. nice anymore but I'm like no I've grown them yeah so I have to eat them. um it's funny because I I grew I've grown pumpkins before like no bother and I think it's just because I have left them alone mm-hmm. and you do sort of get to this point and it's another sort of thing about Instagram that you see other people doing things and I guess what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for the next yeah and so the idea of like picking off fruit like again I know that you should do that but my instinct and I think quite a few people's instincts is to be like oh no there's a fruit I'm just gonna leave it mm-hmm. and so it's kind of hard you fight against your instinct fight against a little bit of kind of advice and it's just you just kind of have to trial and error things that have worked the pumpkin yeah. that I grew the biggest one I've ever grown was actually from a pumpkin that I got given mm-hmm. and it kind of rotted away after we'd carved it and we I put it on the side of my veg patch and it rotted away and they cleared it all up and it just self-seeded. Like, oh, wow. It grew. And I was like, that looks like a squash plant. What's going on there? And that That's was the so best cool. one I've ever grown. <laughs> yeah. 
And that was one that had just been left to his own devices, really. Yeah, it just kind of shows, doesn't it? Like, I think you don't have to sort of poke and prod and do too much with too many things. There's mm-hmm. obviously, like I say, kind of advice out there and things that have worked for other people, but totally depends on your garden, but also the seeds as well and where it is and mm-hmm. whether you remember to water it and all of those things. Mm-hmm. And just the weather, like this year, it's been wild. Last year it was wild. I mean, is yeah. there ever a year where it's not wild? I don't really know, but... Oh, I do. total opposite this year to last mm. year, right? I think we were heat waves and we all had tan lines and, yeah, we're sort of loving the loving the heat but watering sort of twice a day every day. Yeah. And then people are scared to put stuff out because of powdery mildew and all the slugs will eat everything. Yeah. But it would be boring if it was all the same, wouldn't it? Oh, definitely. <laughs> and it's nice to see some things growing some years and then other things grow better other years. Like, I think that's what it's all about, isn't it? Trial and error and you like celebrate the wins and then you kind of look at the failures and go, oh, well, I will try again next year and I will do it next year. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, you can kind of say, oh yeah, I'll try again and I'll do it. Or actually I didn't enjoy it or mm-hmm. no, that took up too much space. Cause I've found that over the years that I've been doing it, I've had to sort of decide what I don't want to grow as much as I do want to grow. And it's Definitely. really easy to just want to grow absolutely everything that's all over other people's pages or someone mentions it. And you're like, well, if you don't have room or you don't even enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I know that there's kind of like, there's always this thing with courgettes, isn't there? Like half yes. of the family don't like them. And then you just think I have to grow them because I've got a veg pot and I need to grow a courgette plant. And yeah. then you just end up with sort of 40 courgettes that only you like and the rest of the family won't even look at. I find yeah. that so funny. <laughs> I grew courgettes for the first time last year as a person who, like, we just never ate courgettes as a kid. I've never really eaten courgettes in my life. So I just assumed I wasn't really a big fan. But then I thought, oh, but the Zephyr courgettes look really cool because they're green yeah. and yellow. They look like they've been dipped in paint. I'm growing some of those this year. For Are that you? Reason. They just well, look cool. <laughs> thought they were brilliant. Like they started growing and they were growing like mad. And I was like, oh my God, I've got all these courgettes. It would be amazing. And then I ate one and was like, mm, it's nice, but I think I'm just not really accustomed to the taste. And then I ended up baking courgette cakes like every day of the week to get through this courgette glut and trying to give them away to everyone. But so many people are like, I'm not really a big fan of courgette, sorry. So I was baking these. I mean, the recipe was amazing. Uh, It's like a a courgette and lime cake with like cream cheese frosting. It was really moist. It was really good. I think it's a Bake Off contestant's recipe. Um, But then I was like trying to, force feed all these people these cakes because I was just making them constantly and then people are like, oh, I'm actually a bit done with cake now because I've eaten courgette cake for like two weeks now <laughs> yeah I do need to do more baking with veg actually that is one thing I would like to do that's certainly on my list like I try and always do something a little bit different like I tried courgette last oh, year yeah. for the first time um so that was a big trend that was going mm-hmm. on as well I was inspired by other people doing that but I thought that was really nice sort of like using it as an alternative and also in salads and stuff as well yeah. but I never really do a lot of baking if I'm honest mm-hmm. so um I should definitely do that you grate it don't you yeah do you grate? yeah a bit, it's just like a carrot cake really See, when you say it like that, it makes so much sense. But isn't it funny when you go, oh, I've made a courgette cake or like mm. a beetroot cake. And you're go, like, oh, oh, have you? Yeah. <laughs> beetroot brownies are something else I really want to try this year. That's it. Yeah. I've heard of those as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, 
again it's like one of those things it's nice to find new ways to use up all the veg definitely one of my favorite things that comes from allotment baking and when I shared it on Instagram a few weeks ago everyone went crazy for it the rhubarb frangipan tart and the amount of people that have sent me pictures of their own rhubarb frangipan tarts has properly filled me with joy because oh, that's so nice. I kind of made up the recipe like bumbling along in the kitchen because I wanted to bake something with rhubarb in and I love a French pan tart thinking that it might turn out it might not and then I was like this is hands down best thing I've ever baked put it up no on Instagram way. and now I've had like it's probably nearly 50 people have sent me pictures of the tarts that they've made oh, and it has so been nice. incredible that's so nice I'm amazed you documented it whenever I do anything experimental (laughs) in the kitchen I'm just like oh I can't remember what I've done so I can't tell anyone about this oh that's so lovely I'm still hungry yes same we need to get off the topic of food (laughs) so thinking about something that's not flute food you are growing your own wedding flowers this year I am how exciting I am so excited. You know what? It comes in waves of me Mm. going, this is the best idea ever. I'm so excited. And oh no, what have I done? (laughs) Um, So I'm growing kind of like most of my wedding flowers. I should say that. So I have got a florist friend who is super, super talented, um, who I'm getting to do like the bouquet and buttonholes just because Mm. I've got a vision in mind. And I know that if I don't get someone to help me out, the, the stress will be too much. But yeah, I'm really excited to do sort of all of the displays and all of the jam jars around the place. And I think last year I I hugely got the bug for growing flowers. Um, they just fill a space. That sounds yeah. really awful. But, <laughs> you, you know, Cosmos, for example, are amazing at kind of like being dotted around your veg patch. And I grew mine in pots. And so many people were like, you shouldn't be growing Cosmos in pots. Whatever works for you. Absolutely fine. Yeah. And sort of then all of the edible flowers as well, like Mm -hmm. nasturtiums, amazing. And then, of course, they attract all of the pollinators that you want and need in your garden as well. So it is a win win. Um, Definitely. But yeah, growing my wedding flowers. And I think I started off with a bit of a plan. Mm -hmm. I don't really think I've got a plan anymore. And also I don't have a huge amount of space to kind of grow everything in nice, neat rows. So I've tried to pick a couple of things that I know I definitely, definitely want Mm -hmm. that I can support and look after. And the rest, I'm just going to try and grow like in the middle of my beds and sort of dotted around as to what's already there. Mm -hmm. So my garden will hopefully look beautiful and hopefully will be jam packed with flowers and hopefully they'll have a purpose as well. I'm sure it'll be incredible I can't wait to see it um and did I hear that you're doing a lot of sunflowers for your wedding because I absolutely love that idea yeah and I and I think I spoke about this the other day actually because I I'm growing so many new varieties like so many new varieties that are completely new new to me but I I think I've kind of been a bit of a I keep saying the word like trend but (laughs) <laughs> I feel a bit late to the game if I'm honest like these ruby eclipse sunflowers yes. and some of these midnight sunflowers I can't wait they're so they're gorgeous aren't me. they yeah so nice because I grew I grew little Dorrit sunflowers last year which are just so cute dotted yeah. in pots again around like the veg patch um I didn't really get any giants last year I failed a little bit on my giants they were mm-hmm. a bit 
average. Again, I think it was, I think it was the weather. I hope so. Well, there were some, some huge ones somewhere. Me too. Um, and then I found some, um, they're called like bush varieties, like branching varieties. Mm-hmm. I've tried to dot at the front of a few beds this year. So oh, hopefully amazing. they'll look lovely. And I've got the height right so they don't absolutely overshadow everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some flowers are a little bit hit and miss I think they can look a little bit country cottage and I think also the um the teddy bear sunflowers are a a hotly debated it's a no from me oh really I know lots of people love them I do think they're really cute I grew them last year and I have to admit I thought they're a bit disappointing when I actually grew them because on the packet they look like little pom-poms um (laughs) in reality like one day of rain and they looked like they'd been dragged through a hedge um (laughs) But I do, I do think they're quite I know how they feel. <laughs> yeah. But they're not quite as majestic as the other ones. No, I think you if you're going to go sunflower, you sort of have to go sunflower. Um, yeah. But I'm looking forward to some of the, the new colours and the new varieties, definitely. Yeah, very exciting. Um, and also on your allotment, you have got your lovely chickens. My lovely chickens. Who, like, we need my lovely chickens, lovely chickens and my pain in the bum cockerel yeah I wasn't I wasn't sure whether to mention it because I know it's a bit of a sore topic but it's a sore subject no I think it's good to kind of like address it because I think it's it's one of those things that comes with like having animals right like it Mm -hmm. totally depends on the space you have the environment and also just those animals in particular and uh, yeah Mr Cabbage I've sort of bred from a chick so I incubated an egg and I've had him for a few years now and every summer he's been fine I say every summer every spring he's been fine and this spring he's just got really quite arsy about things and it's not very nice yeah it's one of those things though it's like you try everything I've had loads of wonderful advice from people um on Instagram and various forums kind of saying you know pick him up make sure that it's because it's a dominance thing Mm -hmm. but it's also him protecting all of his hens as well so completely natural and you sort of just have to leave them to to it to an extent yeah but when it becomes a little bit unsafe and it becomes quite hard work to go and collect the eggs you sort of think this isn't really working out is it so yeah yeah. we've got a potential new home for him and we're just sort of chatting and he's hopefully going to go there and have a lovely life but um yeah it's obviously really sad because he's a really big part of like my garden he makes a lot of noise (laughs) Especially because you've had him since he was a chick as well. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things. They just become part of the garden, part of Mm -hmm. the family. And they're just sort of, they make the garden for me. So it's a little bit hard to deal with. But at the same time, you kind of just have to see it as one of those things. And he's obviously not happy Mm -hmm. and not hugely comfortable. And yeah, I certainly don't want to have to pick a fight with him every day when I go and collect the eggs. So (laughs) we'll see. You never know. He's not going far. So Mm -hmm. there are talks of him going on a little holiday and potentially coming back. There's an exclusive for you. Um, Maybe in the summer. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Um, But yeah, it's one of those things. So we shall see. But he's his what do you call them? His cockerel noises. What's the noise that a rooster makes in the morning? I can only think of the actual sound, but yeah, and I'm not going to do it. No. <laughs> 
his noises will be sorely missed. I just keep thinking of all of those like stories that I do when I'm wandering around my greenhouse and he's always there chatting and it's like, God, am I going to have to recreate that or something? Yeah. Like, <laughs> You have to have a little speaker that plays his little sounds. Yeah. Oh, I need to get one of those garden ornaments that when you like a motion sensor one. Oh when yeah. Car still. <laughs> Watch this space. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, and oh. do you find that the chickens are like helpful as well? Like I, I just, I can't have chickens at my allotment, but I would love it if they came and ate the slugs. But then I imagine that they probably nibble other things that you wish they wouldn't. I was going to say, yeah, helpful. Mm, no, <laughs> they definitely they are very good pest control. They're mm-hmm. very good at slugs and snails and sort of having a good dig around and quite good at weed control as well. Actually, oh, on the really? Past things, yeah, because anything green, they're sort of quite inquisitive about. Um, so yeah, they're pretty. They they are quite helpful to an extent, but you'll have seen like my beds are also pretty well netted, <laughs> and I get loads of kind of questions about it, like what's that for? And long and short of it, it's because of the chickens. Yeah, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have anything left. Um, yeah, and I've certainly learned the hard way on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so good- helpful. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> the netting though on your beds always looks really really well done I'm guessing because it's not just to keep out butterflies and snails it's to keep out chickens <laughs> yeah well it's so my beds are made of old scaffold boards and they're not going to last forever mm-hmm. um but the good thing about that is the netting I've got which is scaffolding netting obviously fits perfectly and yeah. sort of I had green stuff last year which oh just offended me greatly it clashed with my shirt. <laughs> oh dear <laughs> And I did consider a little bit of me um, did consider going purple for the netting, mm-hmm. but I had to stop myself because oh, I don't really know why. Really, I'm now thinking about it. Going, that might have been a brilliant idea, but no, I went white <laughs> this year to try and tone it down just a little bit so I didn't offend any of the neighbours. <laughs> it does look very nice. I've actually looked at the purple netting before, and every year I have some grand concoction of how I'm going to build my brassica cage which never ever ever works um the bamboo <laughs> one from last year was a particular garden fail highlight for me because it just it it was shoddy from the start <laughs> and I was really proud of it and I was like I know that this isn't gonna stay standing it's not gonna protect anything but it's taken me three hours so I'm, I'm just gonna pretend it's gonna work <laughs> sometimes you just have to chuck something up and hope for the best yeah. I, I just- I think some things can be over-constructed sometimes. Mm. And yeah, if you've got the time and the energy, fine. But I know so many of us kind of are trying to fit it in after work mm. and we don't want to all want to spend our entire weekends building brassica cages. Or maybe we do. Maybe we yeah. do. Depends but, what the weekend's looking like. <laughs> depends what the weekend's looking like, yeah. But no, sometimes it's chuck it up and it works. It works. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. Definitely. Um, something else that's pretty iconic on your plot, which I am very envious of, is the trolley. The purple trolley <laughs> that matches the shed. Is it iconic? <laughs> I am obsessed with it. Honestly, every time I see you trundling your tomatoes in and out of the greenhouse, it gives me like a proper like little <laughs> bubble of joy of like, it just seems so wholesome and I just love it. <laughs> So I have these grand visions of me like <laughs> filling it with buckets of flowers and like walking through the village and Love delivering it. it to it. Yeah, no, I mean, maybe one day. I also have a vision of me on a bike with a basket full of flowers, but anyone that knows me will tell you I don't really do cycling. 
I don't I don't really do any form of exercise to be honest um so yeah no I love my trolley it's it was so handy ferrying mm-hmm. those tomatoes to and from my kitchen on a daily basis. Again, like the dream would be if I had a greenhouse big enough that mm-hmm. I could just wheel it in. Oh, imagine. I do feel like at that point I will have made it. Yeah. Like, I do feel like that's probably the the pinnacle mm-hmm. when I can just wheel the trolley into my greenhouse. That would be amazing. I'll be happy. <laughs> I don't know if you have the same vision, but my dream greenhouse is one of those ones with the bricks at the bottom. And it's like brick for like a meter up and then it's glass and it's got beautiful white frames. I think Swan Cottage Flowers has Yes. And I just think one day. One day. And also they're brilliant um, because they keep the warmth in. Yeah. And I never really thought about it, but of course, like you can plant stuff in there just that little bit earlier because they keep all of that warmth in the bricks. Mm -hmm. So practical as well as amazing. Yeah, literally <laughs> incredible. I learned about it in my RHS level two, <gasps> learning about the structures and was like, wow, this makes so much sense. Why are not all greenhouses like this? See, I would love, so I would love to know more about like RHS and things like that. Cause you've got exams coming up, haven't yes. you? Cause I know Lizzie's doing it as well. And it's always one of those, oh, should have done it, should have signed up. But I'm quite a stress head when it comes to exams, so I can imagine this might have just tipped me over the edge. But how is it going? Yeah, I think it's it's actually right now, I feel like it's going quite well. I've decided to launch a podcast in the weeks leading up to my exams, which is really mm-hmm. helpful, obviously. But um, mm-hmm. I do think I'm actually getting somewhere and I feel like uh, the knowledge is finally sinking in. And like at the moment, I reckon I could pass like 50% of the mock papers and I'm getting getting there slowly it's the Latin names that are really throwing me because I think I've worked out I probably need to know about 200 and Mm. currently I maybe know about 80 which I'm quite impressed with because I've learned 80 in like just a few short months so I feel like I should test you (laughs) but I don't like I I don't even know enough to ask an intelligent question um like Latin names for flowers like, um, I only know a know, few of them and you have to excuse the pronunciation because I do not understand the Latin pronunciation. Go on but then, no, go for it. Impress me. I'm ready. They'll, they'll, they'll be all ones that you know already. <laughs> I, I highly doubt it, trust me. <laughs> so I've tried to learn things that I'm either growing or that I like can recognise by eye. So Lizzie from the Rose Press Garden sent out some Nemesia Masquerade. Um, so I remember those and they smell like coconut and they're white with yellow, like little beaks. They're amazing. Uh, um, you've posted a picture of this recently, haven't you? I have, yeah. Just at the weekend, yes, I think it was. They looked incredible. Yeah. So that's one that I've learned that I didn't know before. You've got Ranunculus Asiatica Viva Rose, which is those amazing like spring roses. The Ranunculus, they're just gorgeous. I can't grow them, but they're gorgeous. <laughs> Don't even get me started on ranunculus. No, me neither. <laughs> a conversation for another day. Um, but yeah, no, I am getting there with them, but it's just quite a lot to learn. But it's been really interesting. Um, and I would definitely recommend it. I've done it the wrong way round. So I had a bit of a panic. This is a bit of a silly story, but <laughs> I wanted to book my exams for June last year and then obviously COVID. Then right, I wanted yeah. to book them for September and I emailed the place I was doing my exams and said, when do the exams open? When do the exams open? And they kept saying, you'll get an email when they open. You'll get an email when they open. 
I never got an email so I just assumed that they hadn't happened but I was quite annoyed because I was like ready for like I really wanted to do September exams and then for the February exams I'd emailed them and rung them and emailed them and rung them and I said the September exams happened because I know people who did them and I was like I never got the email and then she the February exams had gone out and she said, oh, have you not had the email? And I was like, no, what? I've asked you about a hundred times. She said, oh, well, they're, they're fully booked for February. The next space is June. And so, oh, so it's like, been really, you've, it's been really drawn out and you've been like yeah. ready. But so, so I was going to do the first four modules and she said, well, there is a few spaces for the second four modules if you want to do those. And I was like, well, they're in six weeks and I don't even have the materials for it. Um, <gasps> But Did I was like, yes, yeah, I was like, oh, can I no. ring you back later? <laughs> rang her back and was like, right, I'll pay for these exams now. <gasps> Send me the materials and I'll just panic learn it. Thank God that they got cancelled for February because I never would have learned it all in time. <laughs> but I still got four four exams for June. Um, so are these the first lot or are these the second lot? This is the second lot. And then I'm going to do the first lot, hopefully in September. Because I just want it done now. It's really interesting, and I would really recommend it to anyone listening. It's not as stressful as I'm making out. But <laughs> <laughs> when your life is quite busy, yes, like, I really love learning about it, which is amazing. And um, I feel like I'm so much better equipped at the allotment because I have the understanding behind a lot of things that I didn't mm-hmm. have before. Yeah, um, especially um, pests and diseases, which yeah. I just knew nothing about before, and now that I've had to learn them. I'm quite impressed when I can look at a plant and go, oh, that's peach leaf curl. Yeah, and it's it's that kind of like logic, isn't it? That's what I love about sort of gardening. There's always a reason why something happens. Yes. And I guess, obviously having not studied them, but I'm guessing what you're doing is you're forming an understanding of the things that can impact the healthy life of a plant and then just being able to kind of recognise it and do something about it, which... I think as gardeners, we'd all love to be able to do. I think most of us are winging it, I have to say, but that's fine. You learn that way too. (laughs) Absolutely. And you know what? It's so nice to be winging it with everyone else because I, there are some people that are more expert than others, but I love the fact that so many of us are only like two or three years in. I think most people I've spoken to are two or three years in and Mm -hmm. either like started growing as a kid and then picked it back up as an adult or just suddenly discovered it out of the blue um yeah. and we're all just kind of like I I feel like we're all going back to being kids and being like oh my god that's amazing how cool is that <laughs> it's kind of those moments where you know you'd put a bean in a jar with a bit of kitchen roll and watch it grow or yeah. on the kitchen windowsill um I kind of do remember those and sunflower competitions we talked about sunflowers like I would always do that with my sister in the garden yeah as well as make mud pies and you're right there is an element of kind of nostalgia about it because I think everyone at some point has got their hands muddy and absolutely Mm -hmm. enjoyed it and it's reflecting back on that and now doing it yeah yeah in in more yeah you still get your hands muddy you still make mud pies you still still (laughs) have garden fails but I think every time you have a fail you also learn something as well definitely and so do you have any like plans for the future like do you envisage your garden forever being a hobby or do you think that one day you'll have kind of like a I just want to be a gardener or (laughs) do you know I always worry that my work colleagues will listen to this because I do think (laughs) they'd like one day they think I'm just going to turn up hand in my notice and be like right yeah 
And do you know what? Never say never. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have any plans to immediately kind of call it a day and completely focus on gardening. But mm-hmm. I do think that there are so many inspirational people that I look at every day on kind of Instagram and other places and reading magazines and watch on TV. And you kind of go, I would love to do that. Yeah. I watch this, I'm watching the amazing program on Kew Gardens at the moment. I don't oh, know if yeah. I think I've I'd seen a snippet of the first episode. It. Yeah, it's on um it's on Channel 5 if, if anyone wants to watch it. Um <laughs> but it's a little sneak peek in like behind the scenes at Kew Gardens and it is just fascinating. Obviously as a gardener you have an element of appreciation for all of the work that goes in, but I don't think anyone kind of completely understands yeah, all of the behind the scenes processes that yeah. go into keeping a place like that running and maintained. Um, so maybe, I don't know, I've always been quite a career driven person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually like a lot younger than I think people think I am. Um, <laughs> wait, how old am I? She says now I'm trying to work out. Am I 27? Oh, amazing. Well, I'm 26. We're basically okay. the same age. Basically the same age, but I think to quite a few people at work, I come across older than I am. Mm-hmm. I don't know what people on Instagram sort of think, but yeah, I've not really started, I don't think, in terms yeah. of like setting out a career or understanding what I want to do. So that's probably where my head's at. Never say never. Love the idea of like, you know, Gardens World with mm-hmm. Monty. If he ever does want to take me on a second date, I'm there. He just has to say. Well, you've, had, you've, had, you've got your foot in the door now that you've been on there once. <laughs> no, I think I, I would love to ultimately like find some way of drawing this as as a bit of a career, but mm-hmm. just don't know whatever yeah. will be will be. I think I'm the same. For now, it's definitely an amazing hobby. And yeah. the RHS level two, everyone goes, oh, is it because you want to have a career in horticulture? And I never really started it because that was what I wanted. It was just kind of like, to be honest, it was a, oh, lockdown's happened. I'm going to have all this free time. And obviously that never happened. Um, <laughs> so here I am still doing this course. But it has made me think about other other avenues. But I actually really do love my job at the moment. And yeah. I'm quite career driven. And so I'm like, I don't really want to give up and become retired as much as I joke about it every day. Um but then I'd nice, love to set though. up a yeah it would. <laughs> I'd love to set up a um like a garden center. That would be probably yes. be my ultimate dream. Like run a garden center with like workshops and like a little cafe with cakes in and oh gosh mm. with animals too. Would you have like a little yeah? I would consider it. Yeah, I do think that's. Yes, that's up there, along with the greenhouse big enough to wheel a trolley into. <laughs> um, I require pygmy goats at some point. And Love it. Yeah. I'm um, not actually great with animals. Like, most people laugh at this, but I like animals, as in I like to look at animals and watch them, but I don't really, I'm not very good if they touch me. Like, even with dogs, I'm not very good if dogs touch me. But I can, like, I still find them cute. And I can understand why people love them. I just, I'll admire from a distance and keep with my plants. <laughs> it's fine. It's the same as gardening's not for everyone. Yeah. Or baking's not for everyone. It's yeah. kind of, yeah. I was going to say a really awful saying there, but I won't say it. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat, we'll go with that one. But there's yeah. an alternative that's probably a bit ruder <laughs> that I'm not going to say. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, no, it's so nice to hear about what other people are thinking. Like I was talking to Lizzie and she was talking about like where she plans to go with her business. And I just thought it was so inspiring to hear about like people's sort of where they envision their lives ending up, especially because we are all so young. I feel like we've got so much ahead of us. Yeah. It's quite exciting to sort of like start exploring the different avenues that are out there. It's really exciting. And there's been such a huge kind of resurgence in gardening because of lockdown. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people, as you say, have either rediscovered it or discovered it. And that's so exciting because there are so many people that are going to think, I could turn this into a career or actually they could then show it to their family and their kids will get into it and they could provide for their family. Like there's so many good things about gardening kind Mm -hmm. of coming into people's lives. But yeah, like just a a point on Lizzie, like if anyone doesn't follow Lizzie at the Rosebush Garden, like please do. Please do. (laughs) She's doing a huge amount for not only kind of like gardening in general, but trying to break some of the stigmas that come with gardening. And I go back to a point I made earlier, like there are moments where I feel a little bit embarrassed talking about it because you Mm -hmm. just think, oh, it's like, (laughs) I don't really know why. I love gardening and I feel like I could talk about it all day, but maybe because I feel like I've finally found something that I genuinely am hugely passionate about. Mm -hmm. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I get a bit emotional about it. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I do feel like I waffle and nobody wants to hear it. And I think it's yeah. that you want to kind of like protect your passion. You don't want anyone to come and be like negative and be like, oh, aren't you a bit young to yeah. be gardening? Oh, you like it takes up too much of your life. Shouldn't you be doing this instead? That kind of. Yeah. Not that I've ever really right. had. Well, I did have that a little bit at the beginning, but I think that that's where the kind of, the quite a lot of people, the kind of fear comes from. Yeah, I think you're totally right. There is a bit of a fear, like you don't want people to rain on your parade or what have you. Um, But no, I think everyone should have their own thing. Everyone should follow their passion. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I've never really been one for hobbies. Like Mm -hmm. I'm a terrible, like pick something up and then put it down and never go for it again. Like got a sewing machine that's gathering dust like we are, I've got a... we are so similar <laughs> oh, well I've got a kitchen aid that is also gathering <gasps> dust but you no sound way. like you've used baking utensils <laughs> I currently have my mum's kitchen aid no it's not even a kitchen aid my mum's Mary Berry mixer um because mine got I had like a little hand mixer and the the cable got burnt but um oh dear. it, it was my dream to have a kitchen aid <laughs> I also have a squash racket a sewing machine mm-hmm. a really old-fashioned singer sewing machine because I thought I'll get I'll, I'll go traditional sewing where like you've got like the pedal that you have to push up and down <laughs> oh never well, once. Well, never no once. wonder you didn't use that <laughs> <laughs> I've probably got cupboard uh, between my mum's house my sister's garage and where I live there is probably at least 12 hobbies that I've started yeah. and not finished <laughs> Yeah. And I never really, I I was always one for like, try something, put it back down again. Um, So genuinely, I amaze myself that this is something that I still do. And I still get up every morning and have my routine of going for a walk, checking the chickens, chopping up food and water, going around my greenhouse. And I'm like, it genuinely gets me out of bed in the morning. Yes. And I know that's such a cliche thing to say, isn't it? But honestly, that I think I'd be such a lazy person if it wasn't for that. And particularly with lockdown, I know we've mentioned it a few times, but working from home, having that sense of routine and having something to look after, I think at times can feel a little bit overwhelming. But as long as you kind of say to yourself, what will be, will be, like, 
it's lovely. It's really motivating and it gives you a bit of a purpose, I think. It certainly does for me. Yeah, 100%. Me too. I think it's so nice as well, especially like coming home from your office job. But also one of the things that I wanted to mention was I know that a lot of people, like obviously for us, it is quite, I want to say call it a full-time commitment. We obviously work Mm full-time around it. But there is so much that you can do with really limited space and really limited time. Like even starting off with just a houseplant and like looking after and caring for the houseplant and then um, sort of going from there. Like even in the tiniest garden, you can put a pot on a windowsill and start growing salad and you can do this, that and the other. So... So I'm I I'm gonna say this out loud because I feel like I've I've started I've not started a trend but I've spotted a trend. You are a trend starter. <laughs> edible houseplants. <gasps> no way. So these, yeah, micro tomatoes. Right. Yeah. So I've discovered them when I was scrolling through and creating my long long list of tomatoes for this year. I saw these like literally labelled micro toms and red robin mm-hmm. and I was like. What is what are these? And then I've discovered this whole realm of like miniature veg. Yes. And I'm so here for it. It's ridiculous. So I've got microtoms scattered around my kitchen. I've got peas. Um oh gosh, what are they called? They've got like a name like Mr. Something, but they're tiny, mm-hmm. they're micro peas that you just grow in a pot. Um, it will come to me at the end of this podcast <laughs> and I'll just shout it at you. Um, but uh, yeah, peas that you just grow in a pot as well. I love growing in pots. So all of my um, all of my greenhouses in pots because I like the flexibility of being able to like move things around when mm-hmm. something dies, you know, chuck it out, um, move things around if they need a bit more space or if something's kind of being overcrowded. But yeah, I've discovered the windowsill gardening as well. The next thing for me are these microgreens Yes, people seem to be loving. I'm Definitely. I'm very excited about these because I love um I love growing pea shoots on the windowsill, but mm-hmm. there's a whole nother world of microgreens that I feel think I've yet to discover. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to be a really big thing this year as well. Do you know what's funny mm-hmm. is I remember working in a kitchen when I was maybe 15, 16, and we used to buy in these tiny little tubs of microgreens, and they'd be like four or five pounds for this little tiny tub of microgreens and now I'm like Jesus we could have literally grown them on the windowsill in the kitchen for like 50p I'd be like why were we paying that much money and they grow so quickly as well right so for all of these kind of summer salads just whack a load of microgreens on your kitchen windowsill so she says that never having grown them myself (laughs) but I I feel like it's that easy it really is (laughs) I've seen so many people do it. I think that we we should set ourselves a like a a deadline. We must have tried the microgreens by. Yes, I don't. I dare I say like a microgreen grow along that would last about <gasps> forty eight hours because they grow that quickly. <laughs> but that would be brilliant because it's not too much of a commitment. <laughs> there you go. Add another thing to your long long list of things to do as well as your exams. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just cram it all in. It's fine. <laughs> cram it in. Absolutely. A microgreen grow along though genuinely would be brilliant. I think that we should definitely set that up. Mm, absolutely. If anyone wants to get involved, like let us know. We should do, yeah. come up with like a fun hashtag as well. I yeah. I think of anything right now. If I'm you've got any hashtags, su- <laughs> any hashtag suggestions, <laughs> at Diary of a Lady Gardener, at Chicks and Veg. <laughs> That's it. Let's do it. I'm, 
you know, I'm laughing um, because I've only just cleared my kitchen of like all of those seedlings that were taking over. <laughs> and now I'm just going to go and put pots everywhere. Love it. Green stuff everywhere again. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Well, I think that probably brings us about to the end of the episode, but it has been such a pleasure chatting to you today. I feel like we could speak for absolute hours. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me. I always waffle away on these things. So um, yeah, it's been lovely to be here and lovely to spend the evening with you. But seriously, microgreen grow along and you've absolutely inspired me to um, to do some baking with my veg this Amazing. year. So I'm going to be Picking out for some recipes, no pressure, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll I'll, ask, I'll find a little story highlight with some of my favourites. Yes, please, definitely do that. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, and I will chat to you again soon. It's always such a pleasure chatting to people just as passionate about plants as Amy. So make sure you head over to her Instagram to find her at Chicks and Veg. It's going to be a pretty spectacular season watching all of those wedding flowers come into bloom and I personally cannot wait to see it. If you've enjoyed listening today, please do subscribe to keep up to date with upcoming episodes and leave a review. In the meantime, I'd love to hear any of your questions and stories on Instagram at diaryofaladygardener or via email diaryofaladygardener at gmail.com. That's all from me for today, but happy growing! This podcast has been produced by Jay's World with original audio from Jason Matthews.